Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 7th of November. Coming up, 48 people treated after chemical leak. Hazardous material tents set up outside the A&E departments here. That also has seen plenty of police officers in the area as well as a number of ambulances. Football-sized cyst undiagnosed for 16 months. This is the reason why I hadn't eaten solid food for a whole year and that I'd lost five stone. And I kept fighting and fighting and I was just palmed off with antidepressants. And new theatre company puts on first performance. If you've got a GCSE class or if your child is studying any Shakespeare play, um, it's worth coming to see it because it's a lot easier to watch a play than it is to read one. Kent Online News. An investigation's underway today after a chemical leak near Maidstone left 57 people struggling to breathe. More than 40 firefighters, hazardous material officers and a specialist chemical unit were called to an industrial estate in Langley yesterday afternoon. 48 people have been treated for exposure to carbon monoxide. KMTV's Harry Peat was at Maidstone Hospital last night. The incident is meant to have happened on Sutton Road around the Langley area, a commercial uh, incident in uh, Runwood Green Farm. Um, here at Maidstone Hospital, as well as the Tunbridge Wells Hospital, the trusts that run both of those, they're getting ready for um, major incidents. Hazardous material tents set up outside the A&E departments here. That also has seen plenty of police officers in the area, as well as a number of ambulances coming to and from the A&E department, as you'd expect with such a major incident. A spokesman for the Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells NHS Trust that their hospital sites are currently preparing for the arrival of a number of patients who are experiencing breathing difficulties following that suspected chemical incident in Maidstone. And they say while their A&E departments are open as normal, they'd encourage people to only use it for emergency and life-threatening situations during this period as they help to focus their resources on who needs the help the most. We now know four people have been taken to hospital for further treatment, but it's not thought anyone's in a serious condition. The major incident that was declared has now been stood down after experts worked through the night to make the site safe. Kent Online reports. A teenage boy has been stabbed in the back at Chatham Railway Station. Police were called just before seven yesterday evening and taped off the bridge. The victim's injuries are not thought to be life-threatening. A Hawkehurst man who pushed his girlfriend's head into a pan of hot cooking oil and choked her until she was unconscious has been jailed for more than two years. Freddie McPherson admitted mentally and physically abusing the victim between August 2018 and May this year. The 21-year-old from Rye Road also beat her with a metal chair and stopped her leaving the house to get help. As well as the prison sentence, he's been given a 10-year restraining order. A Medway mum who spent 16 months in pain until finally being diagnosed with a cyst the size of a football is urging other women to listen to their bodies. Emma Corcoran was unable to eat solid food, couldn't stand up straight and was forced to give up her job. She reckons she visited medics more than a hundred times but was repeatedly told she was suffering from anxiety. A scan finally revealed the 43-year-old had a dermoid cyst. She's been telling Harry more about her story. I knew nothing about it until the 1st of June. The weekend before, I'd been taken into hospital at the Midway uh, and they sent me home saying that I'd got a popped ovarian cyst when in fact I don't know how they didn't see the cyst because I could see it after I'd been diagnosed. 
The following weekend, I was rushed into the William Harvey Hospital in Ashford. I had a CT scan and they found that I'd got a large mass, is what I was told. And they kept me in overnight the following morning. They came and told me that I'd got a huge dermoid cyst. And this is the reason why I hadn't eaten solid food for a, a whole year and that I'd lost five stone since August of last year and December of last year. Um, and I kept fighting and fighting and I was just palmed off with antidepressants, uh, a beta blocker, any kind of medication to medicate me for anxiety. Well, actually, there was a reason for my anxiety and it was the dermoid cyst. And in terms of the dermoid cyst, I guess you'd never heard of what I'd never, before? never heard. I know about uh, ovarian cysts because I was diagnosed at 21 with polycystic ovaries, um, but I'd never heard of a dermoid cyst. And they can be, they're hard, they're not liquid. And they can have teeth, thyroid, hair. And mine was, mine was um, full of my own colour hair. <laughs> Which, um, you know, I'm glad it didn't have, it didn't have a thyroid or teeth. And did you kind of, when you found out what it was, did you do sort of the, the classic thing that you're not meant to do and sort of Google, Google. it? Google. Straight yeah. away, Harry, I Googled it. And it came up straight away that uh, a dermoid cyst is a major factor of anxiety in women. It's a major cause of anxiety in women. So I then knew that that is what was causing my anxiety. To think that this cyst in my tummy was squashing all my organs into one corner. And then to think that, you know, this is a serious issue, but what they're treating you for is for the side effect, essentially, rather than exactly. the actual thing. What, what was kind of your thoughts about, about that? Well, I was, obviously I'm angry, purely because I lost five stone. I, I had no life. The, the anxiety crippled me. I couldn't leave my house at a time. I gave my job up. I had to give my job up. I had a very good job at Amiga in Blue Water. Um, I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't swallow my own saliva. I slept on my sofa for 12 weeks. Um, and, and the hardest thing, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be crying because I didn't know how I'd get through that day with no food, the feeling of dizzy, the, the, the weakness. I've gone from 13 and a half stone to eight and a half stone. And people shouldn't have to suffer like that. Doctors need to look into what is the cause of the anxiety, not you're anxious, there's some antidepressants off your pop. I had no ultrasound from, from my doctor. They never sent me for an ultrasound. Um, although I have a medical history of polycystic ovaries and a dermoid cyst grows off your ovary. It's just a very large, hard cyst. Um, and I don't want other women to suffer the way I did. I, I, I was a nervous wreck. I literally couldn't, I couldn't sit still. People I've known all my life don't recognise me because of the weight loss. And on that, and was it kind of the anxiety and stuff, was that what sort of led you to say, well, I can't carry on with my job? Was that what, Absolutely. Was that because I'd get to, to Blue Water Car Park and I'd have this big lump in my throat. Felt like a golf ball, Harry. But now I know that it wasn't. It was my larynx. When you get anxious, all your muscles tense and your larynx pops up. Well, I kept trying to cough this lump up um, and it weren't a lump, it was my larynx. Um, and, and I didn't know that until I see a speech and language therapist. I've had a barium swallow. They checked everything to do with my throat, my chest, but never my tummy. And what, what were you saying to the doctors and the people that you saw? Because of, I imagine for you, it was like, yeah, I've got these anxiety issues, but that's... It's being caused by something that you're not treating. I did keep saying to my doctor, the first time I went to see my doctor, um, I was sobbing 
and I honestly felt like it honestly felt like I was dying and I said to my doctor you know I'm dying and he kind of laughed it off and he said no you're not dying you're just anxious it's not about just being anxious it isn't anxiety I've never known I've never suffered with depression anxiety I've never suffered with anything like that and to just one morning wake up just like that and have this crippling anxiety that ruined my life for the last well since February of last year until I had the dermoid cyst removed on the 18th of July this year I got up a week later and started eating food as if nothing had ever happened um and I'm you know I'm back to nearly nine stone now so I've started eating lots of chocolate and I just eat normal. You can see KMTV's video report on this story on Kent Tonight from 5.30. Kent Online News. A Margate man's been arrested after police seized what's thought to be a starter pistol and two BB guns. Armed officers were called to reports of threatening behaviour in Godwin Road in Cliftonville yesterday afternoon. The 43-year-old suspect remains in custody. A bank cashier who ripped off customers in Canterbury has promised to repay more than £8,000 with the help of his grandmother. Joe Lennon from Peter Candler Way in Kennington near Ashford has been jailed for 20 months after transferring money from three people's Halifax accounts into his own. A handwritten note from the 26-year-old's grandma vowing to return the cash was handed to the judge in court. Tunbridge Wells has been included on a list of seats involved in a pact between the Liberal Democrats, Green Party and Plaid Cymru ahead of the general election. They've agreed to stand aside for each other in around 60 constituencies to give one Remain supporting candidate the best chance of winning. Lib Dem leader Joe Swinson is delighted with the deal. It is important that we do everything we can to maximise the chance that we can remain in the European Union and so it is unprecedented the scale of this arrangement between these three different political parties but I think it speaks volumes about how high the stakes are. It means her party will put someone forward in Tunbridge Wells and the Greens won't. Hummus products are being pulled from the shelves of supermarkets across Kent over concerns they could be contaminated with salmonella. 85 brands have been included in the recall following a warning from the Food Standards Agency. You can see the full list of products at kentonline.co.uk. Facebook has backtracked after taking down a Medway woman's business page when she posted a picture of a semi-nude model to raise awareness of breast cancer. The social media site now say Gemma Cole's account was disabled in error and has now been restored. The 37-year-old says she's still unable to edit and post on the page, though. You can see the picture that caused the controversy at Kent Online. A company that installs the luggage systems at airports has been named as Kent's fastest-growing. Asset UK, which is based in Rochester, has topped this year's Mega Growth 50 list, which details firms and their annual turnover. The company was founded in 2008 and has recently carried out a four-year renovation at Heathrow Terminal 2 and Terminal 4. They had a turnover of £6.8 million. Phil's been speaking to Steve Allen and Kevin Roots, who are from the company. The event was very good. Um, didn't expect to be recognised as, as winners. Um, it's great to see the businesses that are in Kent and the size of them, you know, it's, it's, it's really good, really good. And having this kind of networking event as well and kind of being around other like-minded people, how nice is that from a business perspective? Oh, it's very good, you know, you should find out what other people do, um, opportunities, you know, for us as well. 
you know, we can talk to people, they can talk to us. Um, makes our business grow, I guess. The core part of the business is installation of baggage equipment, at, or mainly at the airports, Heathrow, Gatwick and Stansted, um, doing the M&E installation of, you put your bags in, um, and just everything that goes in between there and coming off the other end. And of course you're working with such a big company and such a big place like Heathrow. How does a business kind of get recognised by such a big corporation? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I suppose it's... I, I, I don't know. We just do what we do pretty well. I, I don't know. We've not had, not had no complaints or anything yet. So. so do you think it's kind of word of mouth once you do some good work for other clients? Well, word yeah, spread? I mean, we've, we've worked with probably all of the main manufacturers of conveyors at, uh, at the airport and probably built on that fact that because it's a bit of sort of bespoke um, niche market um, yeah and just gone from there really so and just finally of course to, to have wanted to have you know been, been put on top of this list we have so many businesses that are growing so quickly must be fantastic for you shocked <laughs> yeah I think because we're both sort of humble like, I don't know it's just we come from up from nothing sort of this and yeah just generally shocked to be top of the list I suppose you can see a full list of the companies recognised at kentonline.co.uk Kent Online reports a £90 million extension of the designer outlet in Ashford is officially opening today. 50 new stores have been added to the centre and building work has taken two years. Apart from the shops, a so-called living wall display of 120,000 plants is part of the development and the largest of its kind in Europe. Elsewhere, a team of firefighters have officially opened a new Morrisons in Folkestone exactly a year after the original one burnt down. The store on Cheriton Road was destroyed when a blaze started in a deep fat fryer in the cafe last November. Bosses say the new build will provide a wider range of groceries and clothing. A new Kent-based theatre company who are hoping to bring Shakespeare to life are putting on their first performance. We told you earlier this year about the launch of the Shakespeare Project. They're staging a production of Macbeth at Salomon's estate in Tunbridge Wells. Nicola's been chatting to artistic director Peter Basham, who plays the lead role. I'm actually sitting on the stage at the moment staring at uh, rows and rows of empty seats waiting for the, the audience to come tonight. So it's going really well. We've got a fantastic cast. Um, brilliant creatives and uh, we've been rehearsing for the last three or four weeks um, but like you say it's been a long a long road to get to this to this point absolutely and as you say this was all this was launched kind of unknown territory really as to to how mm. it would go and it was all about bringing Shakespeare to life and you really wanted to get people involved and local schools coming along I mean as far yes. as that side of it is concerned do you think that's working oh yeah we've absolutely um, hit our targets there we're really excited about that we've um we're, we're just well we're just shy we we, we picked, plucked a figure from the air of a thousand school children that we wanted to come and see the show uh, which is very ambitious and i think we've hit about 860 or something at last count but there's still time if there's any schools out there listening and we do have we are running uh, a quite heavily discounted tickets for school groups if you've got a gcse class or if you're um you know child is studying any shakespeare play um it's worth coming to see it because it's a lot easier to watch a play than it is to read one. <laughs> yeah, because last time we spoke, we did say, of course, Shakespeare was writing plays. Plays are to be mm. performed. So you often, reading it, you're like, what is going on? But when you see it, you, you get it. Yeah. Is that what you find from the audiences? It suddenly clicks. Absolutely. And uh, Macbeth is, is probably one of the most accessible of his plays as well, because there's, um, well, it's a great, it's a very gripping, great story, which I won't uh, put any too many spoilers in. Uh, but it is just sort of one main storyline that runs through there's not lots of complicated subplots so once the uh, roller coaster starts it just 
carries on right to the end. And tell us a little bit about the theatre as well, the surroundings. You mentioned briefly there a bit about what, what it looks like at the moment. Yeah, so the theatre is incredible. It's, um, it's a Victorian, I think it was the largest privately um, owned theatre in a house in, in the country. It's in really amazing condition. Um, and it's got this huge, great organ at the back, which I'm staring at at the moment, which sounds incredible. Um, and we get to play it in the show, which is very exciting. Um, there's a lot of wood. It's, um, it was originally built as a science theatre, where he wanted to show his... Uh, David Solomons, who, who built the theatre, wanted to show off his scientific experiments, uh, which is a little bit strange, but that's what it was. And um, he also put on plays himself just for his house and his family and his friends. Um, but it's not, I, don't, I don't think it's been used professionally. So we're trying to do something a bit different. And we've actually built a huge uh, thrust stage, which means that the audience actually sits on three sides. So it's very immersive. And do you think the surroundings actually add to the atmosphere of the production that you're doing as well? Oh, definitely. It's really spooky. <laughs> it's a really spooky venue. Um, there's been a few little ghostly incident, incidents that have happened uh, while we've been here, sort of footsteps and doors and creaks and... and you know, people feeling like they might have had someone's tapped on their shoulder and things like that. So it's definitely a, a spooky theatre, um, which, you know, for Macbeth, if you know the play, it's it's all about the supernatural and, um, you know, this um, sort of ghostly goings on and witches and things. So, yeah, I have to say locking up the theatre last night was a I was a little bit scary, but it's fine. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. So yeah. um, I know you've only just started this run. You're on until the 24th mm. of November, but obviously this is going incredibly well. What are the plans moving forward for the Shakespeare projects and, and what you want to happen, you know, in the, in the months and years to come? Well, hopefully. I mean, the, the, the thing that's um, been sort of the most ambitious thing about this is obviously we're, we're trying to run a theatre company and a theatre show in a space that, Although it is a theatre, it hasn't any of the infrastructure of a modern theatre. So we've, we've had to put a lot of things in. Um, we also don't have a particularly big team at the moment. So it's basically me and a few, few people trying to scurry around and get everything done. So it's been, um, it's been quite stressful this year. But the plan is next year to do more Shakespeare, um, keep that going, um, maybe do some other work as well, maybe a few tours um, around the region. Um, but I would love to, um, because by doing this show at Solomon's this year, we've kind of found, you know, where there are obstacles, where there are things that we could do better next year. So the plan is to try and um, spend a, a bit of time having a debrief with the venue and then hopefully uh, do another run next year, um, maybe a comedy. And the first of the Christmas light switch-ons in Kent takes place later. With 48 days to go, Blue Water are getting festivities underway while their ice rink will open next week. We've got details of all the Christmas lights events across the county at Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and England will be looking to bounce back in their T20 international series against New Zealand in the early hours of tomorrow our time. They're 2-1 down going into the fourth match in Napier. Kent Sam Billings was run out for just one as England suffered a batting collapse in their last game, which they lost by 14 runs. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day.